world. It's your pass first point Trail Blazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every single day. In today's show, we're talking about the Blazers' core, their core pieces, uh, and assessing kind of where they are now and where they need to go. This this comes from two places. Let me I'll peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, I, I, truly the Wizard of Oz of this podcast. A short guy behind the curtain or in front of your YouTube screen, depending on how you consume this. Um, two things. One, back in February, February 27th, after, after the trade deadline and kind of once the Blazers had committed to going youth movement and holding everybody out, et cetera, et cetera, I did an episode on keepers. Uh, and I was revisiting that kind of in my... Uh, today, I was, I was thinking about that. Like how many... Would would any of the things I said then, would they have changed now? The only one that drastically changed is I was kind of like so-so on Justice Winslow. Like, hey, we need to see more. We didn't really see a bunch more, but I think the Blazers have, have committed to him. And uh, considering with the roster is now he's I move him out of the so-so into yeah keep him and see, and see what you have uh, at least in the near term so with that in mind I'm also spending my evenings like I'm recording this after 10 p.m on uh, on Wednesday night this is Thursday April 28th show but I, you know I spend my evenings watching the playoffs uh, it's it's what I love to do uh, and and so much of when I'm watching these playoff games I'm thinking like how can the Blazers like what what do these teams have uh, parts wise that the Blazers don't have, or, or what is, what does this look like here in Portland or, or, okay. Like, um, you know, GP two is what is, what is like, where is a, what is a Gary Payton two look like if you put him on a team with like less talent or what does Otto Porter jr. Look like if he's, if he's on a team with less talent or what does a Javante green look like if he doesn't play for Billy Donovan? You know, I'm, I'm thinking about these questions. I'm thinking about team building. Um, you know, I've said a bunch of times this podcast that I don't love trade machine. I don't love, I don't love the like trade machine, trade machine speculation, but I love the idea of roster building and it's been super like deep on my mind. So with that said, what I want to do in today's show is kind of look at the Blazers core. Uh, I don't want to revisit the back half of the roster guys in today's specific episode. We'll do that sometime here in the near future. Um, you know, that, that means we're not really going to talk about Greg Brown. We're not going to talk about Keon Johnson. We're not going to talk about Didi Luzada. We're not going to talk about Brandon Williams. Uh, we're probably, we're not even going to talk about Trenton Wofford. Uh, th- those guys are either out of the rotation or fringe rotation guys. I'm talking about the, the core group of players that you can kind of count on being part of the Blazers. I don't know, future, but like near term attempt to be good. So that's Damon Lord. It's Amphrey Simons, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, Nazir Little, and Yusuf Nurkic. The six names that Joe Cronin, Blazers GM, name-checked at his exit interview. And, and I, like, I'm not just rolling like, Cronin said it, so it works. I want to use that, that all of the framework I've just laid out for you kind of to, to use this as a thought experiment to kind of think about what the Blazers have and what they need to get where they want to go. They want to be competitive right away. It's a long journey from here with a lack of talent that they have to get where they want to go. But I think thinking about the core parts and how those parts fit and how you complement those parts will help us think about where they want to go. Let's start at the top though. The thing you need to be good is one of the the 10 best players in the league. And I think the Blazers have somebody who's darn close to it. In fact, today on Wednesday, April 27th, Damon Lord sent the following tweet, a picture of him growling, uh, snarling after hitting a shot in the playoffs with the following caption, you weirdos gonna learn to respect a true beast. 
Uh, I think Dame hasn't played basketball in a while and he sees people thinking that he's fallen off and he's like, no, 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 listen. And I like, as corny as I think that tweet is, and to be clear, I think it's pretty corny. Uh, I kind of agree with Dame. Uh, I think he's maybe for the first time and ever in his career truly underrated. Um, he was the sixth pick in the draft. He was a freaking unanimous MVP. Um, he was an all-star in year two. Like, he's really never been underrated. He's been correctly rated as good, which is fine. Correctly rated as good is a great place to be. Uh, I think now that he hasn't played basketball in a long time, he may actually be, for the first time, like, truly very underrated. I think Damian Lord has finally moved to that category. He's very, very underrated. And what I mean by that is I still think he could be the best player in a championship team. Those of you pushing back against that, I would say the best player in a championship team is important, but the second and third best players are even more important, which is the whole point of the exercise. Like say that Dame, when he was last fully healthy and this year, he was not healthy and he was not good. Um, Both of those things are true. He was neither good nor healthy uh, from, from the get go, never got right. Never looked right. uh, Didn't, did not play after December 31st, but when when he was last like good, when he was last capable of playing in the 2020-21 season, he was one of the 10 best players in the NBA, one of the five best offensive players in the league. Like he was fantastic. And I think he can get back to that level like immediately, October 30th or whenever the season tips off, October 22nd. Um, so like I, I think he'll be ready to go. And if he has fallen off a little, right? Because age happens and time happens and, and there's and there's all those things, like we're talking like from the ninth best player in the NBA to, you know, you you think about like the ascension of a guy like Jason Tatum. Okay, he maybe he's leapfrog Dame in your mind. Sure. Now Dame, instead of being the ninth best player in the league, is like the 13th best player in the league. I, I think that's an okay spot to be in terms of like, could this dude, and I think this is the sort of conceit of this whole episode, if the Blazers are going to be really good in Dame's role as number one player on the team, could he be that role if they want to be in a, West, a Western Conference Finals? Absolutely. Absolutely, you can build a Western Conference Finals team around Dame. He's still that guy. Like, he's still so good. Um, we haven't seen him in a while. We haven't seen that guy in a while. We saw very, very little flashes of it, but I have no trouble trouble believing that he is still, <laughs> make sure I get this one right, still a true beast. And I'm going to respect him. I really like I really I really think he's gonna be fine. I have no concerns about Damian Lillard. Um in terms of like what he is, like he's he's got some defensive limitations, but when he's on, he is he is an offense unto himself. And I believe if he's healthy and right and had a whole bunch of time off, he can be on and be an offense unto himself. And then Everything can flow around him. So that checks one big box, right? Do you have a, the most important part of building a core is a star. The Blazers got one of those. They check it, put it in Sharpie. Uh, I believe I'm stealing that from uh, from someone else's IP, but put it in Sharpie. Like you're good to go. Like Dame is, Dame is not a problem. The question is the rest of the roster. Let's talk about that rest of the roster. But first let's talk about betonline.net. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. More lines, more props, more odds than ever before. If you want to bet on the NBA playoffs, I'm spending each of my evenings on the couch watching the NBA playoffs. You could be too, and you could spice it up by going to betonline.net, finding odds on all the games, pregame, midgame, whatever it might be. You can find, you can bet, you can bet live, you can parlay uh, uh, by team. You can parlay by individual players. They got everything. Props on everything. If you don't want to bet in the NBA, you can find all the other sports. So don't wait. Go take advantage right now. Go to betonline.net. That's betonline where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard, and that's my third segment branding. So we'll just say, all right, let's talk more about the Blazers core. 
Damon Lord is a checkmark. I'm not worried about him. The rest of the rest of this core, the other five guys that make up sort of the Blazers like core high-level contributors or core contributors um, who will be, you know, conceivably be part of opening night until the whole roster changes in the summer and then we'll revisit this. But for right now, they're April contributors, the April core. You get to the next two guys on this list, and let's start with Yusuf Nurkic. I think he's the Blazers' second best player. I think he's better and more impactful than Anthony Simons right now. Um, we'll talk a lot about Ant because he's he's in many ways the key to this whole thing. But Nurk is sort of the question that you get when you when you start to talk about this is like, is Nurk an above average center? Yeah, he is. Is he a top ten center? Borderline probably. But I also think it doesn't really matter like where he is compared to his peers. It's we're talking about like can he compete against the best players in the league? Yes. Did he get smoked by Nikola Jokic in the last time they played in the playoffs? He absolutely did. But you're talking about an MVP caliber player. I think Nurk can guard pretty much any center in the league, and he's an anchor of a pretty decent defense when he's on. Uh, I think in general, we had like this this season, you know, Ant really took off, but he took off in like under certain circumstances when he got the ball in his hands and all like, and all these things. It's like, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to judge. I think we saw Nurk play the role he's going to play. Like they posted him up more and that really helped him. But I think that, uh, that you can go back to that in the future with like, regardless of who's on the court, he can get more touches as long as like everyone buys into it. And everyone means like Dame. And I think Dame passing the ball a little bit more often to Nurk is something he can buy into. Like Nurk really improved under Chauncey Billups. He's one of the few, few guys that like play a role similar to the role he will play in the future that got better under Billups. Like, I, I think Nurk is the true, like, if you're looking for a success story, people are like pointing to Ant and Nas and Josh Hart or whatever. Nas for sure, but like a lot of those guys just played roles that are that are not not going to be roles that super similar to the roles they play in the future. Nurk played a role he's going to play in the future and looked really good. I think Nurk can be your second best player on a good team. Um, he's not your second best player on a championship team. Centers get played off the floor in the playoffs. It happens all the time, unless you're really, really good, and then you can force mismatches, a la uh, Embiid and Jokic, but those are MVP candidates. Um, you know, maybe a la, think of a la DeAndre Ayton or something like that, or Jonas Valanciunas. Both of those gentlemen who are like, pretty good. I think Nurk is straight up better than JV. And I think he's like really similar, but probably better than DeAndre Ayton, depending on your opinion. I don't actually don't know how I feel about that. So I'll just stray away from that hot take. But like, you know, even, even that like second tier of centers gets played off the floor in the playoffs because teams just go smaller and it's hard to take advantage and it's hard to force feed post-ups um, enough to counter what the, uh, small teams are going to do on the other side. Centers are just, it's weird when you get to the postseason. But if we're asking like core, if the, the, the question that we're trying to ask is like, is Nurk part of a core of a good team? I think the answer is without a doubt, yes. Like he played his best season in the in in the pros, I believe, last last year. And I think it's a true bummer. And I, I want to say this to anyone who's might be uh, make a decision maker for the Blazers who's listening or has those people's ear. It sucked that the Blazers shut him down at the end of the year because Yusuf Nurkic, so much of his story is missed time and holding him out on purpose so he misses the last 20 games of the season makes him look more injury prone than he is. That sucks for Nurk. It sucks. Um, I'm not worried about Nurk. I, I, I like I know I know his limitations, but I also know he got better. And if he's locked in and I think um, he had he had a little tough adjustment period, he was a little not super excited early in the season about how he was being used. But I think once they kind of figured out him and Chauncey got on the same page uh, after a, a rough couple, first couple months learning curve and he looked good. Like I, I'm okay with Nurk as your second best player. And and part of the reason I'm okay with Nurk as your second best player is because every time it's, 
is right there with him. And this is the other question I want to answer here in the second segment is like, can Anthony Simons be your second slash third best player on a team that makes the Western Conference Finals? I think in a vacuum, yes, yes, he can. But it's not in a vacuum. It's contextual. And I think that's where I land with this. I'm watching the Warriors tonight. And I'm watching Jordan Poole. And Jordan Poole reminds me of Steph Curry. He looks like a little diet Steph Curry. Steph Curry light. Anthony Simons is a diet Damian Lillard. He's Damian Lillard light. They're similar players. And... The Warriors have a have the luxury, you know. They closed out the Nuggets as I'm as I'm speaking to you this evening. They closed out the Nuggets. They didn't close the game with Jordan Poole on the floor. He was incredible in games one and two. But then when they needed to go in another direction at the end of uh, at the end to, in a closeout game in game five, they didn't lean on him. I think that is kind of my concern with Ant. He's so good. And if he was the guy, he would be on the court all of the time as the guy. But if he's gonna play next to Dame. There are going to be nights when you need better defense on the court, when you need Gary Payton too on the court. I mean, that's that's like a that's a really specific comparison, but and I don't think like I'm not here to say like Ant is going to get constantly played off the court. I just think like he's he's a he's a not a good defensive player playing next to Damon Lode, who's not a good defensive player. It's going to happen to them sometimes when they not that they're going to go away from, it, but the the Blazers will wish that, that they had other options, right? Is they wish they're able to do something a little bit different, and that's when Josh Hart might come up. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the podcast. In 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 the in the basic sense of what this exercise is, could Amphrey Simons be the second or third best player on a team that makes the Western Conference Finals? Yes, 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 yes. I think he's that good. I think he's going to be that good, and I have some real faith in his talent. Um, he took a huge step this year after after January first. He was just fantastic for about sixty days. Like he was he was all star level co- contributor. He's not going to have that same role in the future, but it, the talent's going to win out. I'm not. I'm just not worried about Ant as an offensive force. I think the thing we've been waiting for him to click, it clicked, and it clicked in a hurry. I think his playmaking skills caught up. I think if his, his spot-up shooting stays where it is, and he continues to take strides and adds a little bit of downhill juice, just a little bit of getting to the rim, he is a just force on offense, and I think he can get there. I think he can get there as, as an off-ball guy. But if you're talking about the Blazers' core and building a really good team, he is not the ideal person you would pick to pair next to Damian Lord. He's just not. Just He's just not. Um, he's really good. And you want to have talent. So you keep him on the roster and you pay him a bunch of money because you want to have as much talent as possible. But when I'm thinking about core and fit and how you build it all together, he wouldn't be my top choice. He just wouldn't be my top choice to pair with Dame. So... Like, this is where, you know, when I'm watching the NBA playoffs, this is where I'm thinking like, okay, well, sometimes you need to be able to go another direction. I'm not sure the Blazers have the ability to go many other directions, but if they do, it's these last guys I want to talk about to close the show. It's the Josh Hart's, it's the Nazir Littles, and it's the Justice Winslow's. And I think the thing that, that, that really, one of the things that really prompted me to, to do this episode the way I'm doing it is the question whether Nazir Little can start on a good team. That's the question. And that's what we'll answer in this in the final segment to close the show. But before we do that, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. The family business has been specializing in helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. You can save time and money when you use rockauto.com. I'm talking real money, like 30, 50, or even 100% more or 100% less. You could save literally, uh, it'll be 
half as much money if you are uh, if you are shopping at rockauto.com as opposed to going to the dealership or going to the big chain auto parts store listen rockauto.com's got all of the parts for all of the make and models and it's not you don't have to deal with a physical warehouse they don't have to deal with all of the problems that if if you go to these other places they're going to have to deal with Save yourself some time, save yourself some cash, go to rockout.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, write locked on and they're, how did you hear about us box? That way they know we sent you. That's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to locked on blazers. And while I tried to do my still a pass first point guard lead in the second segment, we finally made it here to the third segment where we got to answer the question. Is your little starter on a really good team? I think that's kind of, in some ways, the it's not the biggest question facing the Blazers. But it's the most, for me right now, as we sit here in April, it's the most interesting question as you head into the summer and the decisions need to be made. I'll tell you this. I'll skip ahead a little bit. Josh Hart is not a starting small forward on a good team, particularly not on a team that has Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. You just cannot go that small. And Justice Winslow is not that guy either. So if there's anyone on the roster right now, it's Nas. But the question isn't, is Nas the Blazers' best option in April? Is the Like, yes, he is. That one's easy to answer. Yes, he's their best option at three. The question is, when you're, when you're looking... We're looking at playoff caliber teams, teams that can challenge for the Western Conference Finals. Is Nas that guy? And my answer to that is no. No. Not now. We just haven't seen enough from him. Nazir Little had a great year this year. I, 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 want, I want to be clear. This was his best year in the pros. Uh, you know, he, he took he took a... He played a bunch more, like he doubled his minutes and and his production doubled right with it. Like like his per minute numbers are relatively similar, but he was just straight up better than he's been, right? Like he was better than he's been. On a permanent basis, he still averaged more points. He still averaged more rebounds. He still averaged more assists. He still averaged more steals. He still averaged more blocks. He shot, a, he shot uh, you know, 33% from three, but shot more, way more a game. He shot, um, you know, with higher volume. He didn't really drop in field goal percentage. Like he was, he was slightly less efficient with twice as much ask. That's what you're looking for. Like that's, that is, um, you know, it's, there's, that might be a little too, a little too simple to say, like he played twice as much and he was still good, but like he, he was better. You watched him. But the best version of the Blazers and a version of the Blazers that can compete for the Western Conference Finals cannot start Nazir Little at the three now. Now, we might get to February and March of next season and Nas will take some real steps forward and you'll say, Michael, you idiot. And I'll say, hey, players improve. But I don't think in October you can confidently say, we're going to build a really good team and Nazir Little is going to start at the three. You build a pretty darn good, like decent team, right? Like a team that can, that, that. Uh, you know, scrambles to get out of the play in. Sure, no prop. Like I think Nazir Little projects, and I've said this a bunch, I'll say it again. I think he projects as a long-term starter in the NBA. But is he a long-term starter on a really good team in October of 2022, in November of 2022? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the shooting's not there yet. I think he still has to take another step forward as a ball handler. He took step forwards as a decision maker and a passer late in the season, and he's an elite offensive rebounder, like just a 
just as good as they get at his size. He's really, really good at it. Those are real skills that really help when you're a role player type guy, uh, being a connector and a decision maker off the ball and those type of things as a passer and being um, and being able to really offensive rebound. Those are those are skills that translate and you can always be a complementary part. If the shooting comes along a little bit, if it scales up from 33% to say 36%, right around league average, Nas is a player. But he's got to get there first. Uh, he, you know, he played mostly a role similar this year that, that he will next year. We saw what Nas can be. He's He wasn't ever this like weirdly featured part of the offense. But I think the general question is like, and then this is a big one, is like, can you... He's the small forward that you have on the roster right now, right? Like, he's the guy who can play three. Is he the answer? to be Like, is he the answer as a core part of a team that gets to the Western Conference Finals? No. I think the answer is no. Could he get there? Yes. Uh, I kind of feel the way, in some ways, similar with him with Ant. In an, in another situation, like if 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 Nas could be the Blazers' seventh best player, then yeah, I think he could finish the game on the court as a really useful part. Um, he's the type of wing with the athleticism and, and some skills that every team covets. That teams are building closing lineups out of. I think Nurk, or excuse me, I think Nas projects as that. But the basic question: Could he be the small forward on a team that competes for the Western Conference Finals, starting in training camp? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, he, he can get there, but right now, as we're assessing this at, at, in real time in April, no. So that brings up the other options. And let's start with Justice Winslow, because I think he's more cut and dry. Justice Winslow is a bench player. He's a bench player. He's he's not a starting caliber player in the league. Um, he was good in Portland. He also played 11 games. <laughs> like, I've, I feel I feel both of those things are, like, pretty true. You know, uh, Justice had some Justice had some injury stuff late, you know, at, with the Achilles stuff, and he's just hard to know what, what's real with the Blazers at the end of the year. But, like, you know, in, in Portland, in those 11 games, he averaged 10.6 boards and three assists. Like, he was playing 27 minutes a night, so that's probably not going to be what he scales up to next season. But, like... He plays hard. The skills with the ball handling and the passing are undeniable. Like, I want him on the court for that intriguing stuff. But the lack of shooting, when you think about fit, if he's going to play three or four and you're going to have, you know, fill in the blank, maybe Nazir Little at four, if you're going with a weird lineup or he's playing next to Nurk, like, Justice Winslow's lack of offensive skills will come up. I think he can, like, he can contribute. Like, you want him off, he's a bench guy. You want him to contribute. But... If the question is like, can Justice Winslow be a part of a championship core or Western Conference Finals core? I think the answer is probably not, right? Like he can be the ninth guy. He can be the eighth or ninth guy, the the back half of your rotation on a good team. That means he doesn't play every night or if the or if the uh on in the playoffs he wouldn't play every night. I think it's regular season he's fine. But like I'm thinking of playoff basketball when I'm doing this exercise. When you get to the playoffs, you know, he's not going to play every night cuz the matchup might not be right or you need more offense or you need more size and all those things and he's best with the ball in his hands as a decision maker and if you play with Ant and play with Dame, you're just not going to have the ball in your hands that much. If the Blazers want to run offense through Nurk in the post, that means you're not running offense through Justice Winslow in the post. Like all the core, the rest of the core kind of dictates Justice Winslow's role. Regular season, I like him as a bench part. Like I was, I've been a, I was an early Justice Winslow fan. Second season in Miami, I thought he was going to be so good. Uh, some health stuff have sort of strapped him, have zapped him of so some of what has made him special. But uh, like he's he's got some skills and he looked pretty good in those eleven games. The Blazers can use him in the regular season. But the answer to the question is could could he be a a you know a regular contributor on a team that makes the Western Conference Finals? Yes, but in spot minutes. Like he's a spot minute guy. He's the back half of your rotation for sure. The final one I want to talk about is Josh Hart. 
And I think people are floating this idea that Josh Hart is going to start at, sm- at shooting guard over Anthony Simons. I'm going to say hell no on that one. I do not think that's going to be the case at all. The Blazers are like really invested in Ant's future. He's not going to be a six man. And even if you bring him, make him a six man, it doesn't really solve the Damon Ant thing because you still have to finish the game with those two on the court or you're just taking Ant out of the, like you're, if you're like, no, you don't have to play them the last six minutes. Okay. Well then you're, you're getting, you don't have as much, you're not maximizing your talent at the end of games. Uh, Size, won't matter as much in the regular season. It will matter in the postseason. We've seen it a bunch. I think it's there. Josh Hart isn't going to start at the two, but he's he's a useful part off the bench because when you need to spell those minutes for either Dame or Ant, you get a contributor who can help. Like Josh Hart can help. He's he was so good. Um, he played a role that's just like out, kind of outrageous. But but he averaged in 13 games with the Blazers before. He was shut down. He averaged 19 points, 19.9 points, so basically 20 points, 5.4 boards, 4.3 assists, and shot 37% from three on six threes a game, on six three-point attempts per game. 25 and four on 30 with 37% three-point shooting. He was great. Like you're not going to get him that because he's just not going to have the ball in his hands that much. Like he's just not going to have the usage that he had with with at the end of the season. But like Josh Hart can play. The question is simple. The answer is simple to this one. Can Josh Hart be a contributor on a team that makes the Western Conference Finals? Absolutely. Could he be your starting shooting guard on a team that makes the Western Conference Finals? Absolutely. Just not on this team because they're just not going to do that. Like he's, Ant's going to start over him and then you're going to have to figure out where he plays. The Blazers probably don't want to go small. Chauncey Billups straight up hated going small. He hated the roster being so small. In fact, I think that four guard stuff he tried a couple times in the middle of December was in some ways spiteful of the roster he was given. Uh, he never said that. I am reading the tea leaves there, but I, I know from just talking to him in postgame stuff, like he didn't, he did not like how small the Blazers were. He's not going to start Josh Hart at the three. He's not going to start Josh Hart at the two. Josh Hart comes off the bench. He can help. Like Josh Hart can help. Could he, could, the answer is like with Ant, it's like, could he be a contributor on a, a Western Conference Finals contributor on on most teams. Yes, every team. Yes, except for if you play him next to a guy like uh, Trey Young or Damian Lord, right? Like like an offense first point guard who has some defensive liabilities and you'd want that guy next to him to be something uh, to cover up for some of those things. Josh Hart is like the, the reverse of that. Like, yes, he'd be perfect next to those guys and he would fit, but you can't play him next to Ant or he's like the next step from that, not the reverse, the next step from that. But you can't play him next to Ant because of all the things, the reasons why it's tough to play Ant next to Dame. It's like, it's just building on itself. So where have we landed? I think the Blazers have a core of a decent basketball team. Damon Lord's really good. Nurk's good. Ant's good. Josh Hart's good. I think Nazir Little and, and Justice Winslow are really intriguing parts off the bench. I think you have two and a half. I think you have three and a half starters, depending on how you feel about Josh Hart and two really good bench players or two really solid bench players. Let me dial it back a little bit with the optimism here, uh, in, in, in April, like, I think the Blazers have the core of a decent team. And I think doing this exercise while watching the playoffs and thinking about kind of how it all fits together has made me land there. Like, yes, they've got a core that you can build with. It's just, from here, they have just so many obvious shortcomings that we've touched on a bunch, so I'm not going to labor, you know, uh, you know, beat you over the head with them here to close the show. They just need other NBA forwards. They need more size up front. 
They need a backup center. They've got a core of a team that I think can be competitive in a hurry. It's just how competitive can they be and do all of the parts because of the the strangeness of Ant and Dame and then Ant and Josh Hart. Um, can you put all of your good players on the court at the same time? I don't think right now they can. I don't think they can maximize what they have. But I think they have some talent. Now you just got to go get more of it. From here, I think there's something like the... 10th best team in the West, like sitting right here today. I think they're, you know, better than the San Antonio Spurs, but they've got a long way to go to be beyond that. Um, you know, the, both LA teams are going to be better next year. Utah might be worse. We'll see. Like we'll project that in the future, but I, I think the Blazers have a core of a team right now that battles for the, the play in and, and to get out of the play in. The question is, once we've identified all these parts that can be parts of a team that contribute in the future. And I think the Blazers have four pretty obvious ones that can be, you know, even five, if you throw Nas in there, like five parts that can be like good, a good team into next year, like right away, you've got to find the rest of the parts that complement it. And that's the challenge for them ahead. That is today's show. Come back for Friday's show. We'll close out the week with more Locked on Blazers. Uh, do me a favor. Tell your friends about this podcast. That's, that's how people find the show. I'm rolling out five days a week. A daily Portland Trailblazers podcast in between the offseason and, and start of the draft. Uh, this is where you're going to get your daily Trailblazers fix. So tell your friends about it. Do me a favor. If you're listening right now, if you've made it this deep in the episode, tell your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get podcasts and also on YouTube. Just search Lockdown Blazers. You'll find us right there waiting for you. Come back soon. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.